Hi, I'm Oscar Wagner, creator of Modern Tennis Methodology, Tennis is Easy, and you're listening to the PTM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of the PTM Podcast, powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny. Orlando, Florida. Well, welcome to part three of a three-part series on the types of vehicles that relate to coaching. And this is the last episode of my types of coaching series, but it could go on, but I'll spare you. Well, for a while anyway. Now, in this episode, in case you haven't guessed it, the vehicle is the Ocean Liner, or for you dated pros out there, like myself a little bit, the Family Truckster, if you remember that from the movie Vacation. Okay, so out of these three anyway, I prefer this style of coaching. And did I miss any? And if I did, please email me at ptmpodcast at usda.com and let me know, and I'll get it on the podcast. But for now, let me tell you a quick story first. It's story time with Coach Mick. All right, so back in my teaching career, I had a decent player playing in a tournament one day, and she was playing just terribly. So I guess she wasn't decent that day. She was just hitting way too many unforced errors, just basic stuff. I'm like, who is this person out there? And it was almost embarrassing. And she could not sustain a cross-court rally, so it seemed to save her life. Her winner-to-unforced error ratio was something like 1 to 12, which means for every winner hit, there were 12 unforced errors hit. So that wasn't good. And for our junior players at the time, we shot for three. Like in the pros, they have that a winner's play plus one, and unforced errors minus one. So it's really a one-to-one ratio. I at least gave them one to three. But really, the bottom line was whoever had the best winner to unforced error ratio won the set 95% of the time. So I guess if her opponent was at like a one to 15 ratio, she may have walked off happy, but this wasn't the case. And as her coach at the time, I was pretty frustrated as well, but for a totally different reason. Now, when she came off the court, her first comment was, that was terrible, which I agreed. I need a lesson. And my comment back to her was, sorry, no, you don't. And her dad, who wasn't even there, called me that night to find out what the deal was because she must have told him how bad she played. And he mentioned how she hit so well in our lesson that week and that he wanted her to take another lesson with me the next day and go to two lessons per week for a while. And I told him, nope, sorry. It was a waste of his daughter's time, my time, and his money. And he was pretty surprised at that until I explained to him what really needed to happen, which leads us in to today's quick tip. And now, today's quick tip on the PTM Podcast. All right, so today's quick tip is become the ocean liner coach if you are in the business from taking a player from one point to another. Just another story here. I've been on one cruise, and I thought I'd never like them, but really, they are a lot of fun. And the cool part, other than the free drinks and the ice cream, is that even though there's a final destination, like you're going to go somewhere, we make a lot of successful stops along the way. For example, my in-laws come to Florida every year. Here's another story quick. And they come in to hang out with us for a few months. Now, when I make the drive from Michigan to Florida. It takes about 21 hours. When they make the drive, it takes about four days. And that's because they like to stop at some really cool places and soak in all different parts of the country. And it's kind of like the movie Vacation when Chevy Chase, I forget his character's name in the movie, would make all of those different stops on the way to Wally World, like the biggest ball of yarn, the Mall of America, or the biggest hunk of cheese, something to that effect anyway. And where this applies to coaching is that even though you may have a destination, there should be a lot of successes along the way, not only to keep the learning in check, 
but your player's motivation going because they're seeing success after success along the way. And this may be called chunking, which refers to breaking down a process into pieces that are more manageable and will help keep the student inspired along the way. So for example, it's hard to work on the serve and volley for the first time and then go use it in a tournament for the first time two days later. I mean, you have to break it down into parts and maybe even those parts into smaller parts. Let's go back to my player who I said no to and see if we can relate this. So she was surprised and her dad was too and I said that I would not give her another lesson. But what they didn't realize was that when she hit with me in a controlled environment, she was a really steady hitter and that's what they like. But in a match, her opponents were not trying to work with her like I was. They were trying to make her life miserable, which was accomplished definitely that day. So what I told her dad was that she needed to go out and hit with somebody, someone like a steady hitter and a bunch of cross-court rallies, no pressure. See if the two of them can get 20 in a row, counting down cooperatively, counting down adds a small element of pressure. Now, if she can't handle it when someone's trying to work with her and be nice, how she's going to handle it when someone's trying to be mean, right? All right, so success number one. Now, start counting up, and let's say whatever number either player misses on, that's how many jumps they have over their racket. Now, I would say crunches, but I don't want to get emails saying that I punish with conditioning, even though that's something I would have done. I would have done push-ups or something. But she still got past 20 70% of the time. All right, success number two. So now let's add in one more. Let's throw in the point element. Now let's play a ground stroke game to let's say 100 points, which could take like five minutes or three minutes. And I'll show you why in a minute. But the rule is that you play one point on the do side and then the next on the add side, no serving, just drop it. And count the number of times that the ball goes over the net on the rally. And whoever wins the point gets the same number of points as the ball was rallied over the net. So if you hit 15 in a row over the net and someone misses, the other person got 15. If you hit three, they got three. You hit 42, they got 42. Until somebody gets to 100. So now there's more pressure each time a ball is hit back to you. Okay, we just pinpointed out the stop that needs to be made and focused on until success can be achieved. And that is playing out pressure points cross court with someone other than me. I mean, she knows where the ball's going, so the recovery element isn't even an issue. Now, you might think that as a pro, you could fill in the shoes of the other player and make your 30, 40 bucks an hour, but it's tough because you want to see them successful. And if you start crushing them, your instinct will be to lay off a little bit so they can achieve something. So stay in that arena until you start seeing some success. Now, right there, you just define where the training focus should be. It's kind of like when I'm teaching a 3-0 player how to hit a slice for the first time. Number one, it's a hand feed up close. Then, if that's good, I back up and do a racket feed from the other side of the net. And now they think they're ready for prime time, but little do they know that's very unlikely. Now, remember what Mark Jolina said in episode 22, and that's an inch is a cinch and a yard is hard. So the final destination, the yard, is to hit these in match play, these slice forehands, let's say, or backhands, and play successfully. So where might the stops or the inches be? So the first one is a lesson with me, which is me giving you a perfect feed and then telling you what to do. All right, that was easy enough. Okay, now number two, let's take out one of the variables. Let's take out me saying anything. So you still have the ball machine, which has a perfect feed, but no help from me, and now you've got to start thinking on your own. All right, so far so good. Now the next would be rally with a partner, 20 in a row cooperatively. Now you're not gonna have anybody telling you what to do. You're gonna have varied balls, which are high balls, low balls, maybe some short balls, some deep balls, some wide balls, and you're thinking on your own. 
Okay, spend some time there on that island training. Then after a while, after you get good at that, you might want to move to play out points with defined areas like cross-court points only so you don't have to move around a whole lot. But now they're not trying to be nice to you. They're trying to be mean to you. Then play out pattern points. You might have a pattern that includes that shot first, and then as soon as that pattern is reached, the point starts. And then finally, just play out normal points. And what you're doing is, again, just going step by step to seeing where the training needs to be. And at least the player will be able to connect the dots a lot easier now. So wherever the breakdown is, that's where they should be training. I think you get the point now, but here's my challenge to you. I want someone to email me a suggested journey to learning how to serve in volley and what the stops along the way might be. So the process of learning how to serve in volley from the lesson court with you, the pro, to the match play court. And whichever one I use, I'll send you a PTM promo package in the mail that includes some really cool stuff. All right, so bottom line, no matter if it's a stroke, a strategy, try to start piecing the pathway that you would teach to reach a final destination, including all of the steps in between. And remember, when students experience small successes, that keeps them motivated to reach a long-term goal. As a coach, it's our job to put the steps or inches, as Mark Jelena said in episode 22, in order. Each lesson is a success where they've learned something which keeps them interested and wanting to stay on board. And even though you have a destination, there are many, many stops or successes along the way. Now, it will be different for every player, but this is why I love teaching and coaching tennis. Well, that wraps it up for episode 26 of the PTM Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, try breaking up the end goal into smaller areas of success to keep your students engaged along the journey. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis or know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick and want to thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast.